0: Welcome to the Gospel Saves podcast, a program that discusses all matters related to the Christian faith. Please visit thegospelsaves.me Welcome back to our study of the resurrection. Having thought about what it means to fall asleep in Jesus, I shift our attention back to the resurrection to come. Jesus promised he would return following his resurrection, a promise reiterated by the New Testament writers. The second appearance of Jesus will be an incredible event for Christians. What will Christians experience when Jesus returns? On our past few programs, we've been looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, talking about how the resurrection of Jesus is necessary in order to establish a resurrection to come. In particular, the last couple of weeks we've been considering the, the idea of falling asleep and what that means. And we've talked some about the, the account of Lazarus and the rich man in the book of Luke, chapter 16. How that story gives us a, a clearer idea of what transpires between one's death and the resurrection here are the rich man and lazarus in two different destinations the rich man is in a place of, of punishment lazarus is in a place of bliss and peace they cannot cross over from one area to the other lazarus is there among the righteous because he is there with abraham The rich man has no objection to being there. In fact, he wants Abraham to send Lazarus back to reason with his family so that they could avoid this terrible place. So in that 16th chapter of Luke, we find perhaps the best example of what takes place between death and the resurrection. As Paul describes it here in 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 20, it's a falling asleep. And as we noticed in the exchanges between Abraham and the rich man, this does not mean that the dead are, are asleep in the same sense that we sleep, that they're not cognizant of what's going on around them. No, we, we see that both Abraham and the rich man are quite aware, and they're able to reason with one another. And they are still aware that the world is spinning as they speak. So I don't see this idea of falling asleep as, as some sort of soul sleep, some sort of unconsciousness until the resurrection, but rather it's just a, a descriptive term, a, a perspective, if you will, of what death is for the Christian. For the Christian, it's just a pause between our life here on earth and our life in eternity. And it can be a, a pleasant experience, much like sleep is pleasant. So as we leave behind this idea of death being like sleep, we come into the remainder of Paul's teaching on the resurrection. He's already talked about how if there is no resurrection, then Christ is not raised, which makes void the entire Christian faith. Now he's going to talk about how the resurrection of Jesus and the anticipated resurrection to come is like what was introduced through Adam. As he says in verse number 21, For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Now, this is very similar to the reasoning that Paul uses in Romans chapter 5 when he draws a comparison between the introduction of sin and death through Adam and the introduction of grace and life through Jesus Christ. This essentially just condenses what he talks about in Romans chapter 5. So just as through Adam, sin and death entered the world, so too through Jesus, grace and life have entered the world. So we can anticipate the resurrection because Jesus has ushered it in. Just like we have sin among us because Adam ushered it in, so too we have an anticipation of eternal life because of jesus christ he goes on to say in verse 23 but each one in his own order christ the first fruits afterward those who are christ at his coming a few weeks ago we talked about the concept of the first fruits how this would have been the first of the harvest the first part of the harvest and jesus is the the first part if you will of the Harvest of the resurrection. Paul says that that resurrection will take place at Christ's coming. Now here is a point of confusion that I think is necessary to clear up. And that is, we only see in the New Testament two appearances of Jesus. We have his appearance that is here on earth while he was living among us and after he raised from the dead. But then we have his second appearance, or his next appearance, as it's sometimes called by the New Testament writers, or as Paul describes it here, those who are Christ at his coming. Now in the first chapter of the book of Revelation, the apostle John, writing from the Isle of Patmos, says, Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even they who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him even so amen he is coming with clouds says john now, this is a common description of god that we see all throughout the the old testament the god is the one who rides on the clouds and jesus as the son of god as the son of god who is in his nature both man and divine is going to return on clouds And you might remember that when the apostles viewed Jesus leaving the earth, ascending up to the right hand of the Father, you might remember in the first chapter of Acts that he was caught up in a cloud. I think it would be good to remind ourselves of that if we turn over to Acts chapter 1. In verse number 9, Luke tells us that as Jesus was speaking these final instructions to his apostles, He was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they, that would be the apostles, looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Now, Jesus went up into heaven in a cloud. The angels who stood by, talking with the apostles about this, said, just as he went to heaven, so he will return. He went up in a cloud, he will return on a cloud. This is why John, in the first chapter of Revelation, is able to say, Behold, he is coming on a cloud. Now, if we think back to 1 Corinthians 15, Paul says that, Jesus was the first fruits he raised. And then those who belong to Jesus at his coming, they will raise from the grave. Now, how is Jesus going to come? Well, he's going to come on a cloud. And as John says in Revelation chapter 1, every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. So the entire world will know when Jesus returns. Now, You know, one of the mysterious questions about this is, how is the world going to see Jesus if we're on a globe? We're on the circle here of the earth. Obviously, it's difficult for us to conceive how every eye will see Jesus return on a cloud, and yet that's what Scripture says. So we accept this by faith. So he's coming. He's coming on a cloud. And if we tie this together with 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, which we took a look at many weeks ago. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, as Paul is talking about the anticipated return of Jesus, he says this, But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. This we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. Now, if we connect this in our mind back to what we read in 1 Corinthians 15, Jesus is the first firstfruits, and then those who are Jesus at his return will rise. That's precisely what Paul has just said. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. In other words, if we are so fortunate to be alive when the Lord returns on that cloud, we are not going to meet him before those who have already died. They are going to raise first. Verse number 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. That's what we've just seen over in First Corinthians 15. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore comfort one another with these words. Now, We're caught up together with the Lord in the clouds. Why is that? Because he's returning on a cloud. And we know that those who have perished already in Jesus, they will rise first, then they will ascend up into the heaven to meet the Lord. And if, as I said, we are so fortunate to have remained until the return of Jesus, then we will follow them. And as Paul goes on to say, thus we shall always be with the Lord. Now, I want you to notice, as we synthesize the books of 1 Corinthians and 1 Thessalonians and Acts and Revelation, we see once again that the resurrection of the dead, the anticipation of the return of Jesus, is a single event. This does not happen in stages where some righteous are taken to be with the Lord and others remain behind. Rather, we have a single event in which all of the righteous are gathered together and taken with the Lord to be with him for all eternity. As we draw this to a close, back in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul says, Then comes the end, when he delivers the kingdom to God the Father, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that will be destroyed is death, for he has put all things under his feet. But when he says all things are put under him, it is evident that, the, that he who put all things under him is accepted. Now when all things are made subject to him, then the Son himself will also be subject to him who put all things under him, that God may be all in all. Now, there's a great deal of depth in these verses, and we don't have the time to unpack everything that Paul says, at least not today. But as we draw this to a close, I'd like to leave you with this thought. Here we have the return of Jesus, the resurrection of the dead, and as Paul says, at that moment, Christ will turn the kingdom over to his Father, and all enemies will be vanquished, including death. So are we looking at multiple events here or are we looking at a single event? I think we can make a very convincing argument from Scripture that the resurrection to come the righteous being with the Lord for all eternity this is a single event. We don't need to anticipate what is popularly taught as a rapture but rather we just need to look for the Lord and don't worry my friends when He returns no one is going to miss him. Thanks for listening to The Gospel Saves. If you found this program useful, please visit thegospelsaves.me to find blogs, videos, and Bible studies. If you enjoyed the music on this podcast, please visit acapeldridge.com. You can also find him on Apple Music, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. May God bless you as you seek to know and do His perfect will. sai pro